Welcome to Leadership Dialogues, a podcast for the greater New Orleans region. Leadership Dialogues is produced by the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute, a nonprofit which provides a variety of nonpartisan platforms to inspire and engage business and community leaders in the greater New Orleans region. At Norley, we believe the fundamental role of our organization is to connect leaders from across Southeast Louisiana and to provide those leaders with the relationships, resources, and opportunities to collaborate and to challenge the issues that most impact our region and state. We believe that our future prosperity depends on our ability to build a common narrative and a shared vision that transcends geographic and political boundaries, and that is inclusive of our diverse and independent voices. Over the last decade or more, our region has been defined by unprecedented levels of cooperation, collaboration, and partnership across parishes and organizations. Today, we'd like to highlight a partnership between Entergy and the United Way of Southeast Louisiana. Our first guest is Ms. Patty Riddlebarger, the Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility for Entergy. Patty has over 20 years of experience in public affairs, corporate philanthropy, and corporate communications in the utility, energy, and healthcare sectors. Her expertise includes the development and execution of national award-winning communications campaigns, and she has designed and implemented corporate social responsibility strategies that create sustainable value for Entergy shareholders, 2.8 million customers, 14,000 employees, and customers in the Southeast and Northeast United States. Patty received her undergraduate degree from the University of Texas and her MBA from Tulane University. Her civic involvement is extensive both locally and nationally, and her involvement includes currently serving as the chair of Norley and as a board member for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Louisiana. Additionally, she has served as the chair of the Environmental Initiative for the Host Committee of Super Bowl 47, on the board of advisors for the Cowan Institute, and an advisory board co-chair to the Marsiglia Institute of Justice, and that's just to name a few. Our second guest is Mr. Michael Williamson the President and CEO of the United Way of Southeast Louisiana. Before coming to the United Way of Southeast Louisiana in April 2009 as the Chief Operating Officer, he served as Vice President of Field Leadership at United Way of America in Alexandria, Virginia. He provided overall management leadership to the UWA Hurricane Response and Recovery Fund developed in Hurricane Katrina's wake. In July of 2013, Michael rose to the position of CEO, and under his leadership, the organization developed a new framework and vision for eradicating poverty in Southeast Louisiana. Williamson has 30 years of executive-level nonprofit management experience, 25 of those years served in the United Way system. He has served as president of United Way of Aiken County and resource development slash executive director of Aiken Technical College in South Carolina. Thank you for listening to Leadership Dialogues, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you both so much for joining us for Norley's podcast. I'd like to start off with a little background information. Patty, I believe Energy is the only Fortune 500 company in Louisiana, and uh, your work with Energy has provided key philanthropic support in areas including healthcare, education, poverty, uh, environment, sustainability, plus a host of other different uh, topics and areas. If you could give us a little bit of a company profile for energy, your role in the community, and tell us about your personal role in connecting energy with the community in a larger way. Good afternoon, Stephen. It's great to be here and to join you and Michael for this conversation. Uh, As you mentioned, Entergy is Louisiana's only um, 
New Orleans only Fortune 500 company headquartered in New Orleans, one of only two in the state of Louisiana. We are a uh, power generation and distribution company with operations in six states, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, um, and in the Northeast, we're in New York and also Michigan. So that's, that's our footprint. My role at Entergy is Vice President of Corporate Social Responsibility, and that includes uh, administration of the company's charitable foundation, uh, oversight over corporate giving, uh, our volunteerism initiatives, and then also on, on the operations side, my team has responsibility for um, a host of programs that are designed for our low-income customers. Excellent. Thank you so much. And Michael, likewise, the United Way of Southeast Louisiana is um, truly one of the foremost organizations impacting the community and doing amazing work across a plethora of different issues. But y'all have a very specific focus on poverty. If you could just tell us a little bit more about the United Way of Southeast Louisiana, uh, your mission and your work. Thanks, Steve. Let me add my thanks as well. It's a pleasure to join you and Patty for this uh, podcast. Several years ago, United Way of Southeast Louisiana turned outward to our community and asked a few basic questions as we charted the the path forward for our organization. And what we heard repeatedly is that poverty has and will continue to be, unless we do something about it, a central issue that really holds our communities back and places a lot of families in struggles that they're just, in many cases, unbearable. And so we launched our Blueprint for Prosperity, which is our plan to eradicate poverty in Southeast Louisiana. Um, it's based on data and research, and, and Patty knows this well because we use the ALICE report. Um, ALICE is an acronym for Asset Limited Income Constrained Yet Employed, and it's a study of financial hardship. And what it tells us is that about one in two households in our region struggle every day to make ends meet. You know, about a third of those so you know, live in poverty, and the rest are just barely above, just you know, struggling you know, day to day. And so that's become a central part of our work. We want all families within our region to be healthy, educated, and financially stable. And so that's been a, that's been a bedrock of our work. And, and even now in these times, it's become abundantly clear that uh, it's very, very important work. No, I, I can't speak uh, highly enough about the ALICE report. And I know that a lot of organizations, especially involved in various social initiatives, um, use it as, a, as sort of a keystone for figuring out how they're going to build programs and how they most reach uh, population groups and, and audiences where they're going to be able to make the greatest difference. Let me ask you, I know obviously we have it for Southeast Louisiana, but are there ALICE reports that are generated for other parts of the state as well as uh, other states around the country? The Alice Report is a statewide report, so uh, every parish within the state of Louisiana um, has data about the Alice households in their community, so it is statewide. Um, there are 12 United Ways that cover the state of Louisiana um, and all 64 parishes, and you can find at actually at our website, unitedwayscla.org slash Alice Report, you can find a full uh, statewide report there. Um, just to, to follow up on what Michael was uh, sharing, the ALICE project is, is a national initiative, um, and I'm fortunate to serve on the National Advisory Board for the National ALICE Project. Entergy has been involved since, I think, the very first report came out in Louisiana in 2016, and since then, we have sponsored the ALICE report in Texas. Uh, Arkansas was just released, actually, right before all of the states shut down for uh, COVID-19, and Mississippi will be released soon. Uh, We found the ALICE report to be a really excellent tool 
that provides guidance to um, policymakers and nonprofits and corporations and philanthropists, and it really helps to focus our actions and our activity in areas where it can make the biggest difference. And this particular situation of, of the COVID-19 crisis really has um, highlighted and, and elevated um, the critical importance that Alice households and the Alice population plays in driving our whole economy, as we've seen that everything has come to a halt and we are not able to have the lives that we want to have without the contributions of these critical essential workers who have been, in my estimation, undervalued. And so it really has shined a spotlight in an area where it's been very much needed. Absolutely, I agree. And kind of following that same vein, uh, as we're now seeing sort of the economic implications of COVID-19 and um, unfortunately what that potentially means for the future and for so many folks who are identified or fall into that Alice uh, sort of category. I saw that Energy partnered with the United Way and launched the Hospitality Cares Pandemic Fund. Um, additionally, I know you've had several other initiatives, including the Emergency Relief Fund. Uh, that did include the United Way uh, and other partners. Could you tell us a little bit more specifically about what those two funds do and uh, other initiatives that y'all might have in response to COVID-19? I'll let Michael start with the Hospitality Pandemic Fund, and then I'll kind of move follow up with uh, some of the entities involvement, both in that and, and our other initiatives as well. Well, thanks, thanks, Patty. Well, uh, we were so proud. Uh, seems like a decade ago, but just a few short weeks ago that we launched the Hospitality Cares Pandemic Response Fund in partnership uh, with Entergy. Entergy was very gracious to make a $200,000 corporate uh, grant to that, to our, our fund. It's specifically designed to address the challenges we're going to immediately face our friends in the hospitality industry that were displaced from work due to COVID-19, but also recognizing that these were Alice households, as we referenced in the report we discussed earlier. And so we set out to offer emergency uh, crisis grants to individuals, you know, small grants of $500 per individual, per household, just to, to bridge the gap until the larger federal aid packages have become available. And so we're very proud at this point, the fund has uh, generated about 1.5 million in total gifts, and we're on, on track to help about 3,000 households. I think so far today, we've issued about uh, 1,300 emergency crisis uh, grant checks to individuals. And, and Stephen, I know Patty's you know, heard us share some of, the, some of the stories, but it's just been amazing to see the, the stories that come back from folks that have been benefited, have benefited from the, the program, like literally citing that, you know, a single mom with two children, you know, didn't know how she was going to feed her children. And then she got the email saying that she received her grant award and would be getting a check. And so, um, and that fund, you know, is continuing now. And, and we do hope very soon, I think by Friday at 9 a.m., we plan to reopen that fund for grants, awesome. for additional grants. Yeah. Exciting. That's really exciting. So the Hospitality Cares Pandemic Fund was Entergy's first uh, commitment um, as it relates to partnering with community organizations in COVID-19. But shortly after we announced the uh, COVID-19 Relief Fund, which was created by the Entergy Charitable Foundation, set aside um, $700,000 to support the work that our partners are doing across the various states that Entergy serves. 
Since then, our commitment uh, has increased and we're up to about $1.3 million in um, grants to organizations that are helping our communities and vulnerable populations deal with the challenges of COVID-19. Our grants are specifically targeting organizations that are addressing the economic hardships caused by those impacted by COVID-19. So the Alice, Alice families, uh, low-income elderly individuals, low-income disabled individuals, uh, we have found through past disasters, in, including Katrina, that the populations that are most, that are impacted most deeply are our vulnerable populations. And so we have really focused our grants on those areas and those organizations that are providing basic critical social safety net services like food and nutrition, rent and mortgage assistance, um, bill payment assistance, those types of organizations. But we've also expanded into some other areas, including um, we had a, a request from the Orleans Parish School Board very shortly early on into this crisis where um, they were uh, scrambling to try to be able to provide distance learning for students while they were from, you know, working from home. And so we provided a $100,000 grant to enable them to purchase uh, Chromebooks as well as hotspots uh, to enable uh, students to learn from home. Um, that's one example that came up. Another uh, example is uh, feeding organizations. So we've partnered with the NOLA Tree Project, which is an incredible group. Normally they're planting trees and addressing environmental issues in our communities, but they have pivoted uh, as, they, as they do in times of disaster to address the needs that, that, have, that our community is facing as a result of COVID-19. And what they're doing now is they are doing meal delivery to elderly and homebound residents, as well as food distribution sites, partnering with council members in the New Orleans area. I think they did 95,000 meals in one month. And this is an organization that's run by, they have a staff of two and an army of volunteers. So it's really been amazing to see the incredible work that so many nonprofits across um, all of our communities are doing and the way that they really have stepped up to this challenge. Those are just uh, astounding numbers for the number of lives that y'all are able to impact and positively help individuals uh, be able to weather this storm. Let me ask, this is by everybody's assessment sort of an unprecedented um, sort of crisis or disaster that everybody is struggling to cope with and, and try to figure out. Are there lessons that y'all have had in uh, previous disasters that have contributed to how y'all have responded through your, your respective organizations to this particular crisis? Or is this something that uh, obviously there's always things you can draw from, but there's had to be agility and flexibility and creativity in terms of how you address it and how you sort of plan for the future of being able to support the community and support individuals who are um, suffering financial hardship through this process. So um, I think great question, you know, Stephen. While we have a lot of experience with you know, crises and disasters, um, the majority of those have been natural. Um, and there are storms that we can predict. We'll see a hurricane you know, coming into the Gulf and you know, the models will help us determine whether we might see impact or not. And so we brace for it and we know how to muck and gut and rebuild and, and help families get back on their feet. This crisis is very unique because it's affecting everyone. You know, not just in our communities and our state, but around the country and around the globe. So it's definitely a game changer when you think about how do you engage the philanthropic community in driving support where it's needed most. But here's the, 
if you want to consider an upside to facing a pandemic like you know, this and something that you know, we certainly um, would not imagine would happen is we, uh, we believe in doing our work through collaborations and partnerships. And so we have lots of relationships you know, out there that we've been able to turn to and say, you know, we need to tackle this particular issue. Let me give you just a few examples. You know, one was the Greater New Orleans Foundation launched its uh, response and restoration fund, I think, at 10.40 p.m. on a Thursday night. By 10 a.m. the next morning, our United Way board had approved a $100,000 grant into that fund. And it was designed specifically to support key nonprofits. And as soon as we did that, and you've heard this word used a lot lately, um, we pivoted. And we pivoted to... You know, something we know um, a great deal about, which is the issues around you know, Alice and hospitality workers in particular, and that speaks to the Hospitality Cares Pandemic Response Fund, which was in existence. The, our partnership with, around Hospitality Cares was already in place thanks to a relationship we have with Jen Kelly and the folks over at the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation. So we pivoted there. You heard an update from me just a few minutes ago about what we're doing at that fund. But now as we think about the long-term challenges we're gonna face, you know, a few things have, have come to mind for us as we look at data and research. Um, the importance of sustaining and supporting our early childhood um, education centers, making sure that they can stay you know, viable over the next couple of months and reopen when that time comes is essential because without childcare, it's hard to bring your workforce back. Um, beyond that, we're thinking about workforce in particular and trying to build on existing partnerships that we have already with partners doing workforce education and training, recognizing that the workforce demands that preceded the, the crisis um, may be very different following the crisis. And so I'm um, thinking about ways that we can support workforce education and training on a much larger scale going forward. Um, so we're already working to develop what we see as kind of our long-term recovery strategy as we learn, you know, when will our economies open back up, et cetera. But there's one thing that I can say, and this is, I think, where, you know, Patty and Intergy come in. It's like, I think it is um, of paramount importance that uh, government, business, and philanthropy all work together um, going forward around a statewide long-term recovery plan, because until we do that, I don't think we're going to see the kind of changes um, that are going to be required to actually not just sustain our recovery, but better yet, accelerate it. So uh, again, building on but uh, the points that Michael shared, yes, past lessons learned from past events, particularly Katrina, were very important in guiding and shaping uh, Entergy's response and specifically our community response to, to the corona crisis. Um, a couple of points, working remotely. My team was we were evacuated from our headquarters, which is next to the Superdome. We were evacuated for nine months following Katrina. Most of the company relocated temporarily to Jackson, but I was able to get permission for my team to work remotely because my folks ended up all over the country. I had one person in Arkansas and one person in, in Florida and a couple people in Texas. They were all, all, all over. Um, and we were able to do our jobs remotely. We learned that during the Katrina experience. And so it was really pretty easy to shift into that mode. Again, working remotely from home now, we're now in, I think it's week five or week six. It's hard, it's hard to keep track of the days and the weeks when you're, when you're working from home, but uh, we were able to do that uh, really well because we knew how to do it. We'd been there before we knew we, and we knew we could do it. So there was little trepidation there. And that's one of the lessons learned for us from Katrina. A second key lesson was that, again, 
uh, when disaster strikes communities, it's the vulnerable populations that are impacted the hardest and that need the greatest amount of help and care in, in getting back. So that guided our response and shaped how we decided to target our uh, COVID-19 relief fund to those households that have been economically impacted, um, as well as the elderly and the disabled. And then the third thing, um, again, and that again goes back to some of the comments and points that Michael was making is the importance of partnerships. You have to have established partnerships in place when disasters happen. And the more you have those partnerships solidified and in place ahead of time, the more quickly you'll be able as an organization to address the needs of your stakeholders and your constituents. And so we have those relationships in place with the United Way as well as many other organizations and, and they really enable us to, to hit the ground running and to start pushing assistance out there to those who need it in a really in, in incredibly fast way. I mean, when, um, when you talk about the Hospitality Cares Pandemic Fund, it went from opening up and receiving the first major gifts to awarding grants in a week, um, which is, and, and this is not grants to organizations, it's grants to individuals. So a week's time frame to turn that around is really remarkable. And so um, kudos to Michael and his organization for being able to, to do that. Yeah, I, I suspect that, I mean, we've all had great lessons that we've learned over the years through so many different, uh, unfortunately, so many different crises that we've had to face. But this is something I think where we can draw upon them and we can find similarities, but it's so insular and, and uh, different than those particular things that I think it is those traditional relationships that have allowed us to be able to have such a, a strong response immediately. So I commend y'all for that. In that same vein, obviously, just because of where we are in time and, and the things that we're dealing with, we focused on COVID-19, but Energy and the United Way have shared a long relationship in your partnership through different programs and initiatives and efforts. And um, I know, for example, Energy has supported uh, everything from Operation Spark, and, and I believe you've both had a role within um, Operation Restoration and different programs like that. Are there other programs and things that y'all have done in the past that you would like to highlight that has particularly brought to the surface the great working relationship that Energy and the United Way have had or programs that you are particularly proud of? I'll point to, to one thing and then, I'll, and then I'll turn it over to Michael, but uh, one of the initiatives that we partnered with United Way on post-Katrina um, was the creation of an IDA project for the New Orleans area. IDAs are individual development accounts. They're matched savings accounts for working households. And the way that they work is they encourage uh, individuals to work and save and for, for every dollar that they um, deposit in, their, in this IDA savings account is matched four to one by outside funds. And it really enables people who might not otherwise have access to saving tools like IRAs and 401ks, it really enables them to, to start creating a safety net, a, a nest egg that they can use to plan for the future for their families, whether that's to further their education, to buy a, a first home, to uh, buy a vehicle if you need a car for transportation, but basic tools that can help families get out of poverty. We've continued that relationship and that commitment uh, since Katrina. And we're now, I think we're now in the year, I think we've invested over a million and a half dollars 
during that time. And we've helped some 300 families become first time homeowners. And when you think about the impact of home ownership on generational wealth, it really can become a stepping stone and a foundation to helping families uh, break out of poverty. And so that's one example that I, I like to highlight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to add to that. Actually, this is a good, uh, uh, is a perfect segue into what has become, uh, which was fueled by the start of the Individual Development Account project work that Intergy has been supporting for some time now, but has now expanded into the J. Wayne Leonard Prosperity Center, which delivers a total of 10 financial capability building programs and services, which Intergy has been a tremendous supporter of that as well. It also is named after former chairman and CEO, uh, J. Wayne Leonard, who passed away a couple of years ago. And so I, I think for us, and in particular right now, um, Stephen, it has become um, a key building block in our approach to addressing what we see as long-term recovery challenges following a pandemic, because folks are going to need right now. As a matter of fact, I think uh, this week we'll be hosting one of our fame series, um, which is Financially Aware motivated, empowered series, 15 minutes of fame, we're calling it, so that individuals can get a quick dose of, of financial education that's relevant right now as folks are receiving stimulus checks and enhanced unemployment. We want to make sure folks that are equipped in these challenging times to be able to use those resources as best as possible to bridge the gap until, until they get to a new normal. And so I'm particularly proud of the, the work we're doing through the J. Wayne Leonard Prosperity Center. And also this week is National Volunteer Week. And um, and I can say this for Patty, and she can certainly add to it, but we're so blessed to have Intergy as the title sponsor for the Intergy, what is now known as the Intergy United Way Hands-On Volunteer Center. And this is an organized approach to helping individuals that want to connect through volunteer experiences and give back in their community. And, and through the COVID-19 response in particular, um, we've been leaning on this new volunteer center approach to be able to mobilize volunteers very differently. Things like, you know, phoning seniors to check in on them to see if they're okay, to um, delivering meals, practicing social distancing, of course, to 311 or homebound seniors who need access to, to food and nutritional products. And so those are two things off the top of my head, but our relationship with Intergy goes so far and so deep there could probably be dozens, and we could talk about for hours about all the ways that Intergy support, and not just our United Way, but United Ways across the state of Louisiana. That's wonderful. Obviously, y'all have innumerable sort of initiatives uh, and programs, which we've hit on uh, quite a few of them today. But what's the easiest way for individuals to be able to learn more about Energy's philanthropic uh, efforts and the programs that y'all uh, support and believe really make a difference uh, and an impact within the community? And likewise, for the United Way, Where's an easy place where people can go see your prosperity blueprint as well as read the Alice report and see different ways that they can connect with y'all and support your mission? For Entergy, I, I would encourage folks to visit us at Entergy.com and also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, as we announce uh, different initiatives and partnerships, we always uh, use social media to get that information out. Yeah, uh, same here, Stephen. Yeah, folks can you know, find out just about everything they need to know about the great work being done on behalf of our region by our United Way at unitedwaysela.org. Um, also in social media, you know, at United Way SELA, you know, follow that tag. And we're out there constantly trying to update and share information through all those channels. 
Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for your time. I know y'all are busy as everybody is these days, uh, whichever day of the week it is. And um, we truly appreciate your time and uh, your leadership in the community. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Stephen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Leadership Dialogues. You can download this episode as well as all episodes of Leadership Dialogues by visiting www.norleypodcast.com. Additionally, you can find our episodes on major podcast platforms on the internet. We'd like to thank our sponsors. Our pinnacle sponsor is Entergy. Our legacy of leadership sponsors are Atmos and Shelmet Refining. Our impact sponsor is Jones Walker. Our support sponsors are Hancock Whitney and Gamble Communications. Our stakeholder sponsors are LCMC Health, Iberia Bank, Metairie Bank, the Miro Foundation, and the Port of New Orleans. And of course, our recognized partner is GNO Inc.